Vision is an important thing, isn't it? Can you imagine if you were blind? When I get up at night, in the middle of the night, and I make my way to the bathroom, uh, it's a problem. Because uh, there's things in the hallway, there's kids that leave stuff, and then there's my uh, lack of aptitude where my foot hits the door frame or I don't realize the door is open and my head hits the door. Vision is, uh, vision is very, very important. Helen Keller, uh, at 19 months old, she suffered an illness that caused her to be blind and deaf. And she lived like an animal for about till the age of eight. Um, she had signs that uh, she would work out with her, her uh, parents and family. But at eight, she began to realize and have a revelation that she could learn and she could adapt and she could see and she could hear through experience and uh, through learning and wisdom. Do you know that even though Helen Keller was blind and deaf, she played the piano, she spoke, she wrote a book, she gave speeches. She said the worst thing than being blind, is having sight without vision. See, what the enemy wants to do in our lives, guys, is keep us blind to the things that God has for us. His job is to kill, steal, kill, and destroy from your life. He wants to keep you blinded and in the dark about what God uh, how God feels about you, how God looks upon your life, how God wants to use you, how God can forgive all the brokenness and all the pain and all the sorrow, redeem you, take you out of bondage, redeem you, sprinkles you with the blood and sets you apart for holiness unto him, holy unto the Lord, set apart for his work, for his purposes. So every day we wake up, we were once blinded, right? The Bible says that we were in the kingdom of darkness, but then our rescuer, our Savior came and transferred us into the kingdom of his light. Amen? Are you glad that the light of God has been shed abroad in your heart? I love light. My vision is getting a little bit uh, askewed lately as I'm getting older. And I need more light to see things. I need bigger print as well, but the light, the, the light helps. This morning, I want you to think about one thing. How you envision your life from this point on as it concerns your identity in Christ, what he's called you to do, your passion and desire to work for him and to serve him and to love him. You see, God puts desires and passions in our hearts. And what that does is it creates a delight for him, right? And the Bible says when we delight in the Lord, he gives us the desires of our heart. It's kind of like a back and forth thing. We desire in him and he gives us delight. We delight in him and he gives us desires. Desires that when you look at them, you might say to yourself, God, you're crazy. You are nuts. Yeah, he is, okay? He's crazy, and he's nuts, because he chose us. See, long ago, God knew you before time began. 
Ephesians 2.10 says that you, you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God created before time began. Wow. What a God. God was thinking about you way before you were born. Why do we think that God doesn't think about us now? That God doesn't care. Amen? The Bible says that God, God's thoughts towards you are as plentiful as the sands on the shore on the sea. He cares about you. He's thinking of you. He's got your back. The greatest desire that we could have is to be used of God. And to have a vision of Christ in such a way that it propels us. See, Paul said, I'm compelled. His love compels me. His love draws me. His love woos me. His love has overtaken me. And out of that overabundance of love comes any kind of ministry that we have. Turning your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to read a fantastic passion in the NLT version. Paul, speaking to the Ephesians, lists all the blessings of God. All the wonderful things that God has for you. Yeah, even you, Fragili, okay? Amen. All the wonderful blessings. He's my good friend. I can, I can say that to him. All the many blessings that God has for you. Did you come this morning realizing that you were going to be blessed? Kathy Lucarelli wore a short shirt this week, and on her shirt said, Blessed. I like it. We are blessed of God. Amen. Let's read Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Tap your neighbor with your elbow and say every. Every. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So, we praise God. For the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together Under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles, if you're not a Jew, that's you have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own. By giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. 
The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Paul listed out all these many blessings, and now he, li- he tells the Ephesians, this is what I'm, because of that, this is what I'm praying for you. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people, which are his rich and glorious inheritance. I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. In other versions, it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be opened. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at Christ's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he's far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. That was really, really good. That was nice. It's nice being told that you're cared for. It's nice being told that you're thought of. It's nice being told that you are loved. It's nice being told that somebody's got your back. It's nice being told that you're part of of a group that belongs to God. It's a great, great feeling. It's a great thing to know that we're under the authority of Christ. No authority in heaven or hell, any institution or organization can strip us from this wonderful relationship that we have in Christ. Our lives are hidden with Christ in God. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Turmoils and temptations from within or tribulations from without, nothing can strip you from the love of Christ that's found in faith through grace in Christ today. You're signed, sealed, and delivered. Isn't it nice? There's a saying, if we don't venture out in faith, we vegetate in fate. Fate's that awful feeling like nothing is ever going to go right. You ever have that? This inevitable feeling that I'm a loser, and I'm lost, and things will never, 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 ever become better. It's a thought that there's an adverse outcome or condition, that we just leave our, our life to fate, and we never, ever get a chance. We just live our lives in misery. Larry Norman, who was known as the... Uh, father of Christian rock and roll, saying this song. Nothing ever changes. Everything remains the same. You are what you are till the day that you die. Nothing ever changes. Everything remains the same. You are what you are till the day that you die. 
What a miserable, what a miserable, miserable situation, guys, to live a life like that. One thing that, that we know for sure is that his grace and mercy meets us every morning to transform us and change us more into the image of Christ. If you know somebody that loves change, know this. God loves change. God loves to transform. God loves to break the power of sin, to break the bondage of sin, and set you free. God's willing to change you today. The devil would have you sing this song in your, in your heart and in your life that nothing's ever going to change. Nothing's ever going to get better. When we get a vision of who Jesus Christ is, all of a sudden, we have this awesome, awesome sense that we are alive. And that all things are possible with God. All things. Jesus was walking with the disciples, came upon this fig tree that had leaves but no fruit, and he cursed it. They went into town, came back out, Mark chapter 11, and the disciples went, whoa, the fig tree you cursed is dead. And basically he said, if there is fruit on a tree, if there is leaves on a tree with no fruit, that tree is worth nothing. Amen? See, what he was speaking to about the religious leaders of that day, all caught up in religion, all caught up in this wonderful leafy, 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 leafy religion, but there was no fruit in their heart. There was no fruit after God. There was no fruit of, of repentance. There was no fruit of righteousness. The Bible says that they were blind guides leading people into the ditch just like themselves. You see that plant back there? I don't know if you knew it, but that's plastic. Okay? That's plastic. It looks pretty cool. And we don't have to water that, which is really, really neat also. But that's what the religious world without Christ is all about. It's all about show. It's all about uh, approval. It's all about performance. It's all about striving. I don't need that. I came out of that. And I told God, if I can't have your passion and life in my, in my heart, I will be the most rebellious sinner that this world has ever seen. Cried out to God. He saved me. Amen? Blood saved me and forgiven me. My wife said to me the other day, she thanks God that I'm saved because I would be really, really scary. (laughs) That is the grace and the wonder of God. Amen? How he changes hearts and changes lives. Listen, we can get real apathetic in our Christian life. We can go through the motions. We can do what we have to do. On the outside, we look so righteous. We come to church. You might even come to a life group. You might even tithe. But you might not have this vision of who Christ is, how he is your Lord and he is your God, and that you, every moment of every day, you want to live in honor of him because you love him so much. There's not a thought in your heart that you would dishonor the name of Christ because that would hurt you and it would hurt the heart of God. Every day we have this opportunity to stir the emblems 
That's not the word. Embers. Thank you. Stir the embers of what God put into our heart. Because sometimes, friends, we grow cold, don't we? We grow cold. We have to take our heart and say, God, stir me once again. Stir me with your passion. Stir me with your holiness. Stir me with your righteousness. Stir me with who you are so that my vision is all of who you are. That I might live for you with power and with love. Helen Keller said this. For someone that was blind and deaf, she talked a lot about seeing, which is pretty cool. Keep your face to the sunshine and you cannot see the shadows. Keep your face to the sunshine and you cannot see the shadows. See, what the enemy of our soul desires for us today is that we all get encumbered and surrounded by our circumstances, our situations, our broken relationships. And then all of a sudden we start thinking, man, God is not good. God doesn't have us. God doesn't love us, right? But he does. He does. He loves you today. He's got a plan and purpose for your life. He wants to put all the old things aside, and he wants to come in and give you a new destiny and a new purpose. See, his his presence comes in, and what happens is he... He stirs his life within you, right? The Bible says that uh, all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. And what's his purpose? That you be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. So, friends, everything that happens to your life is a tool, is something that moves you towards conformity to Jesus Christ so that you can trust him with all of your heart and everything that you have. Do you trust him today? When you look to your future, do you trust him? Work that out today because you can't trust anybody or anything in this world. You can trust him. Turn in uh, your Bibles to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15. There's this beautiful story of uh, of Abram. Genesis chapter 15, and we're going to read... The uh, first verse to the sixth verse. In this passage of scripture is the first time that the word vision is used in the Bible. Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1. Here it goes. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, do not fear, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? The promise was that he would be the heir of all nations. His descendants would be blessed. Since you've given me no children, Elizer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Abram was... uh, feeling a little, uh, little doubtful, questioning God. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. Oh, oh that's a wonderful passage of Scripture. 
Isn't it awesome when God comes to you and says, take it easy. Do not fear. Amen. See, faith and fear cannot mix. They don't coexist. Faith is something that is deep down in our hearts. There's evidence, there's convictions of things that we hope for, that we know that they're going to take place because of this faith in God and his character and in his nature. Abram was having a little time of doubt, a little time of questioning, and God, God came to him. But you know what he had to do? He had to drag Abram out of his tent. Right? Imagine going to uh, the Grand Canyon or the Yellowstone Park, State Park, and uh, camping out in the beautiful scenery of the mountains, and all day long you just stay in your tent. If you were with a person like that, would you think that they were nuts or what? But here's the thing. The enemy of our souls would like us to keep us in our tent. It's a tent mentality where we look in the natural at our limited, confined vision, and, and we think that God is not going to come through, that God is, God's promises will not be there, that God will not show up for us. God took him out of the tent, and he said, lift your eyes to the heavens. Amen? And Abram realized that all those stars had a name, and all those, all those people that would come, and that God would bless him. We have this tent mentality. I want to I ask you today, what's your tent mentality? What's keeping you in the tent and not envisioning what God has for you? Not seeing Christ clearly for his love and for his passion for you. Get out of the tent. Amen? Raise your, raise your eyes to the Lord. Faith and fear don't mix. Mark chapter 8, Jesus was walking along and uh, came, came across a blind dude. And uh, for some reason... Jesus took the blind dude by the hand and led him out of the village. Spit on his eyes and asked him, can you see? And the blind man said, I can see, but men look like trees walking. And then Jesus finished the healing and he came to full sight. It's interesting that Jesus took him out of the, out of the village. Why did he do that? Maybe there was unbelief. Maybe there was doubt. Maybe there was questioning. You see, let me, let me tell you something. Get away from people that have a negative effect on you, that bring you down, that speak negativity, that speak and cause doubts in your heart before God. This is why we get to life group. Amen? You're surrounded with people that have this awesome, awesome sense of envisioning Christ to encourage you and strengthen you and love on you. Amen? Jesus said, after he healed him, do not go back through that village again. Interesting. Interesting. Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. Abram believed the Lord. And the Lord counted him as righteous before him. The word believe in this, in this, uh, in this, the root word of believe in this passage of scripture comes from the root word amen or amen, which means so be it, right? Very, very interesting. 
Abram heard a promise of God, and he said, so be it. My question to you is when you believe, when you hear a promise of God, do you say, so be it? Or do you say, so how can that happen? Or how's that going to work? So be it. Hey, turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. This is an awesome passage of scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Let's look at verse 19. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you, and as God's ultimate yes. He always does what he says, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen. Which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. I don't know about you guys, but for me, there's many times that I don't feel like giving God praise. Some days I don't feel like coming on a Sunday, but it's my job. I got to show up. Sometimes I don't feel the grace and the love, but the minute that I confess with my mouth, the Lord Jesus, believe in my heart, things begin to stir. Amen? You might find yourself in this lack of emotion, this lack of feeling, this lack of experience. Here's the thing. The world always relies on feelings, right? And then the commitment comes down the road if it comes. The Lord is calling us to venture out in declarations and proclamations of faith today. Amen? Declarations and proclamations of faith. Here's the thing. Some of the greatest times I've had in praising the Lord is when I realize that it's the last thing that I want to do in my flesh is praise the Lord. But I lift my voice to God. I speak out praises to God. Praises are repeating what God is. Speaking out what God is, his character and his nature. It's giving praise to God. It's uplifting his character and his nature. And when we begin to do that, see, praise is the language of faith. Amen? And thanksgiving is the password into his presence. We need his presence. We need his life today. When you begin to thank him, all of a sudden, God hears it and he comes. When we begin to praise him for who he is, that he's a good God, that he's a just God, that he's a righteous God, that he has my good in his concern and in his hands, then we can trust him. Praise is the language of faith. I've told you this several times. My mama used to drag me down to the altar, tell God, now that you love him, thank him and that you praise him. Thank you, praise you, thank you, praise you, thank you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Can I go see my friends now? No. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Listen, after a while at the altar, when I began to say, thank you, God, praise you, God, 
I love you, God. All of a sudden, this passion began to come into my heart. Praise was the language of faith. Amen? You might have some tough times, guys. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What you've been speaking. What you've been talking about. What's been coming out of your mouth? Has it been complaint and grumbling? You will not rest in his presence with complaining and grumbling. Talk to the Israelites. The greatest canceling of the vision and plan of God was the ten spies that came back and said, We, we are not able to take the land. What did Joshua and Caleb said? Let's go. We got them by the neck. Amen. Let's conquer the land. They had their eyes on God, on his promises, on his provision. And these giants were nothing. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. Amen. We might have some giants in our lives today. We look upon them and we say we are not able. You know what? You're right. But God is able. And God fights our battles. And he's telling us today to stand still and see the salvation of our God. Amen? See, when you delight in the Lord and when you have his desires, you can be serving a cheese pizza to to your brothers trying to fight this Goliath. Amen? And you look at him like, who's this filthy, uncircumcised Philistine? Amen? That he would come against the name of our God. I want you to envision yourself today passionately coming against the things that the devil has thrown at you, the giants that want to destroy your life today. You come at it with the presence and the promises and the power of God, and those giants will fall. Amen? Amen. Amen. So be it. What do you believe in today? What do you need from the Lord? We read from Ephesians chapter 1 that God has provided every spiritual blessing for your, for your life today. What is it that you need from the Lord? He's willing, able, and ready to give everything that you need to see you through, to lift you up, to encourage you today. What do you need from the Lord? Ask him. Ask him. Jesus, when he came against that fig tree, say, you know what? Listen, you can say to this mountain, be ye removed and thrown into the sea, and it will obey you. When we speak out the desires and purposes of God, God hears that. It's his desire. It's his purpose. He will fulfill. He will tear down. He will bring you in and bless you and encourage you. As we speak the promises of God. Get out of your tent. Look up to the stars. The Hebrews tells us to look unto Jesus, the author, the originator, the champion of our faith. Who endured the cross, scorning its shame. So that we could have life and life eternal with him today. Look to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Look to Jesus. And be blessed. Gain a new vision of who Christ is today. And when Christ becomes your all, you can give him all that you have. 
without question, without doubt, and without regret today because he loves you. Let's bow our hearts in prayer today. We are endeavoring to envision what God has for us. Scary. Scary, 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 scary. We're looking at a building right now that is like so far out of our, out of our thought processes that it's awesome and adventurous and wonderful and beautiful. But we want to see Christ. We want him to fulfill his way, to direct our path, to make the crooked path straight, bring the mountains down and the valleys up and just have a way of holiness for us that we can walk in his plan. Can I, can I ask you to pray? Amen? Can I ask you to encourage one another? Can I ask you to stimulate one another? The faith and the good works that God will lead this body of Christ out of our tent and into the promised land. Amen? See what God has for us. You were broken once. Now you're redeemed and restored. There's broken people out there messed up by sin and its deceitfulness. But we got a Savior and we got a rescuer. Amen? I can rescue and save. I like the verse. Save to the uttermost without question today. So we give him praise and we give him glory. Believe God. Every promise in the book say, that's mine. Trust him. Work to full capacity in this wonderful, relaxed state of faith as we trust him. Respond to God in faith with words. Thanksgiving is the password into his presence. Praise is the language of faith. Give him praise. Give him praise. Amen. Even in your sickness, even in your sorrow, even when you're wondering when the next payment for the bills are going to come, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. Because he wants to answer your cry. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now I take a look at this. I see this. He supplies all the need. So my thought is, bring on the need. Because the more need I have, the more supply that he gives. Amen? He will supply. That's a promise for you tonight, today. Do you receive it? Your God will supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. You might not know where, where, where the payment's going to come. You might not have an idea how you're going to retire. Forget about that. Retirement is, is overthought of, really. It's overthought of. It's overrated. Your employer is not your provider. Jehovah Jireh is your provider. And he can bring the riches. He can bring the provision as you gaze upon him. John said, behold, behold, 
the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Behold him this morning. Behold him. As we just worship uh, for just a few minutes, if you need prayer today, God has stirred your heart. Come to the altar. We'll have folks to pray for you. Maybe God is stirring something. Maybe God is beginning something new. Maybe he's transforming you. Maybe he's getting you out of that apathetic, I'm not enthused, I'm not interested, and I'm not concerned mode to, man, I got a passion to be used of God for his glory. Amen. So as we worship the Lord together, you want prayer, just make your way, and we will pray for you, that God will bless you, encourage you. And when you leave this place, you'll have a new vision of Christ. All of his glory and all of his power. In Jesus' name we pray.